Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The commercials are over. Yo, I haven't got all day. 869-1240. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. Your new radio home for K-State Athletics, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. It's that time, Sports Daily, getting all the inside information on Kansas State. Let's go now to the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Sports Daily here on a Friday. Tommy Castor along with Paul Savage here on the program. The IHOP hotline is 869-1240. And on that IHOP hotline right now, the voice of the Kansas State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. The Wildcats head across the border to Missouri, to Columbia, to take on the Missouri Tigers tomorrow. It's an 11 a.m. kickoff. And uh, Wyatt, first off, welcome to the show. I'm really excited to talk to you about this game because I feel like there's a a lot of different storylines, a lot of things that make this match up really really interesting how you doing this morning Wyatt well I'm doing very well I appreciate uh, you uh, having me on uh, looking forward like you are to talking about this matchup Uh, a lot has been said this week and we're about through that it's almost game time yeah, so of course, you know, the, the Wildcats took on the Tigers a year ago. It was a lopsided victory for Kansas State uh, at home. And I am really intrigued by this matchup for a couple of different reasons, Wyatt. First off, I'm perplexed by this Missouri team and the way that they've played their first two games this season. Had a, had a difficult road last week against Middle Tennessee, only uh, winning by four points. Uh, and then they they play South Dakota to open up the season. And I... I feel like, and and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, I feel like for Missouri to have the opportunity to hang with the Wildcats through four quarters in this game tomorrow, Missouri's going to have to bring their A-plus effort into this game to even have a chance to hang with them. Do you feel the same way? Well, I think you can make that argument. I don't know that I'm 100% on board with that, but only because it's the first road game. It's going to be a very, very hostile environment of 62,000 plus. And you got to go in there and, and try to play as close to mistake free football as you can. But let's say, say K State can do that. Then you probably make a pretty good point. But, but I, will, I will add this, and we can talk about this a little bit this morning too, because I think this is a real factor in the game. I think Missouri defensively is better than most people perceive them to be. And I think K-State has been the more consistent offense with the two teams through two games this year. I don't know if you think that's a fair statement or not, but the Zoos had a few issues with their offensive line. um, And I I think they've been more run than throw. 
And I think we're going to see them probably maybe throw the ball a little bit more tomorrow than they have in the first two games. We'll see how it plays out. So, so what do you make of, you mentioned this uh, just a couple of minutes ago, what, what do you make of all of the talk this week? I mean, leading into this game, I mean, we know, uh, you know, the, I guess the quote unquote rivalry between Kansas state and, and Missouri. And of course you, you throw in Kansas in there and the mix also, you've got the two teams from the state of Kansas <laughs> and then, you know, the Missouri Tigers. What do you make of the conversation leading up to this game, especially knowing what the outcome was a year ago when these two teams faced off against each other? Well, I think at the end of the day, it's as simple as this. These two teams uh, and, and programs have some history. And those of us that are a little older remember that history. And I think that's where a lot of the sure. talk is coming from. Um, you know, these tomorrow's game will be the 99th in a series that dates way, way back. Um, it, in my time at Kansas State, which dates back to 2002, some of the best games and best memories that I've had uh, our games with K-State and Missouri. I remember a, um, <laughs> well, I won't get into all of the games, but uh, th- there, there have been three or four that have been pretty memorable kind of games. I'll give you just one example. Um, when, when Coach Snyder retired the first time, the Brandon Archer interception to, to put that game away is yeah. one of my all-time favorites. Um, so with that said, I guess adding to what you're talking about is is that, you know, Here's the other factor that not a lot of people are talking about, but I think is is probably the fuel for a little bit of this fire, at least with the younger people. K-State's got a lot of Kansas City area kids and Missouri kids on the roster. Um, a lot of them growing up Mizzou fans. I think in a couple of cases, some of those guys weren't necessarily recruited by Mizzou, and that probably hurts a little. So there's a little of that involved in it too. Fair? What do you think? Yeah, no, I think that you're right on there. And and of course, there's always that battle of the Kansas City Metro as far as recruiting, you know, it it plays into it and and which, you know, which one of those schools is going to, you know, come off of that. One other question before I throw it to Paul uh, for for his first question. So I was do I was looking at this the other day and I knew that, you know, it seemed like the, the Wildcats through the first two games of the season had had a really solid effort defending the run. What I didn't realize is that they're the number one team in the nation in run defense through two weeks in the season. And and I wasn't expecting quite that kind of output. I don't know about you, and I don't know what your takeaways have been through the first two weeks of the season, uh, as we know that they're, of course, the number one run defense in America. Well, I think there are a couple of factors there that you can probably look at. Um, Again, you've got a, a team that won the Big 12 last year with 15 returning starters and some veteran guys up front there and a really pretty salty linebacking core. Um, that's, the, that's the given going into the year. But, but maybe the surprise comes from, and, and you make a good point, because you're trying to replace in nose tackle Eli Huggins, one of the most consistent football players from my perspective that has been here uh, in, in, in several years. He did everything right. <laughs> Terrific football player. Very hard to replace. But Uso Sayamalo has been really good. And, and the yeah. two guys backing him up have been rock solid. When you put that with a healthy Khalid Duke, a healthy Nate Matlack, and Brendan Mott, all of a sudden, and, and I'll even throw Cody Stuffelbein in there. Stuff's done a pretty nice job. Uh, at a, and, and what I mean is, is at a lesser role, fewer snaps. But he's been okay. 
and and then with those linebackers and, and coach raved in the preseason about uh, Desmond Purnell. You you heard that. So you put him with with Austin Moore and Daniel Green who are standouts. You can kind of see why they've they've been pretty good. They have eight sacks and twenty tackles for loss in in two games. That's pretty good production, regardless of of who they're playing. And I I would like to think that both of the teams that they've played have been pretty decent running teams. That's where you feel pretty good about it, right? At least that's that's the way I see it. Well, Wyatt, I think you're exactly right. Paul Savage here. By the way, it's good to talk to you again. It's been a, it's been a minute you since too, we buddy. had. How are you? I'm doing really good. It's you and I conversed on a weekly basis in a different radio life of mine, but it's good to visit with you again. I've always enjoyed you, and thanks for coming on. You know, here's the question My I pleasure. have. That the question I have for you is. I don't give two hoots about this game in particular. You know what I care about, Wyatt? <laughs> I care about the Big 12 beating the SEC. I take this personal. This is a little personal for me. There's there's nothing endearing to me about the SEC. And I want K-State to beat Missouri. Oh, for K-State, because I know it's important to K-State, and I want them to win this sure. game. But I want to thump the SEC. You want Big 12 people? You want to be considered the best in the country. One of those conferences, here's how you do it. You take these kind of games. I know it's not Bama and 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 K-State, but it's a, still a big game. You beat an SEC. You don't let a, let a, mid, a mid-type school in the SEC beat a past Big 12 champion like K-State. That can't happen. I think there's more ramifications than just a football game between two universities. There is bragging rights with regards to conferences on the table. Am I overstating this? Am I off the wall well, on this? No, I, I don't think so necessarily, Paul. I, I think what it what it is is, I mean, if I'm being a thousand percent honest here, um, I think there are some hard feelings with people in the Big 12. And yes. maybe there should be over this yes. deal with Oklahoma and Texas. Um, I think all of us feel that the upper crust, I'll call it, of the SEC is really good. Well, but no. I think I think that a lot of the national pundits just they 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 promote the SEC as the greatest ever, uh, and, and I don't know that they are all of that. I'm not saying that they're not good and they're not competitive. They have they they send more players to the pros than anybody but but they should because they're getting where, where they flourish is getting the best offensive and defensive linemen out there that, yes, that's the that's deal. right you know they'll, they'll occasionally get you know some some other good players too but that's just my opinion but you know the the, the sometimes marketing is a good thing right you know and, and and they do a pretty good job of marketing themselves like the the slogan of of it just means more that's baloney in my mind. You think you think you think SEC football means more than it does to Big Twelve football for these people in the Midwest? No chance. No, sorry, no, no, no chance. No chance. Not at all. Well put. Wyatt Thompson, voice of the Kansas State Wildcats, joining us here uh, on Sports Daily. Wyatt, uh, I feel like this is going to become a week-to-week question for you as the season plays out. Every time you come on the show, and that's. Uh, talking about the the freshman phenomenon Avery Johnson. So we saw him play in week one, didn't see him in action last week against Troy, and just kind of following some of the comments made by Chris Kleiman this week, 
where do you stand on the usage of Avery Johnson moving forward? Do you think we'll see him tomorrow against Missouri? Is this something where they're wanting to try to maybe hide a little bit of, of what he can do and, and some of the ways they plan on utilizing him? Or is this something where it's kind of just going to be in the moment they make a decision on whether or not they want to utilize him? Well, you asked several questions there, and yeah. I, I totally get and understand everyone. You're talking about a very unique young man and a very unique talent that everybody is mesmerized by, including you and me. Is that right? I mean, right. would that be the right thing to say? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, but I think what, what I would describe here, guys, is I think we're talking about a moving target. And what I mean by that is, is I think even the coaches are trying to figure out exactly, you know, from week to week how they want to do this. There are some that surmise that, well, in the best-case scenario, they would play him in four or five games, including the bowl, and get him redshirted. You would understand that argument, right? Who who wouldn't? There are others out there that say this kid is so good that he's probably not going to be there five years anyway. Why are you worrying about a redshirt here? I get that one, too. So having said all of that leads us to this. How and when do you use him? And that really is the question, right? Because – as good as he is, as good as he's going to be, the quarterback that you have right now is pretty good too. But we all know, we all know that it is hard to get through a season with a single guy. Most can't do it. We saw it last year with Adrian Martinez, and that, of course, turned into, you know, the explosion of what is now Will Howard, who turns out to be a pretty good football player. I know this is a longer answer than maybe you wanted, but I think you have to no. lay it all out there in, in what it is. Do I think that he will play tomorrow? I think I can't guarantee it, but I think there is a really good chance that he will some. Right. What does that mean? I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. Is it 10 snaps? Is it 30? But I do think he's got a, a chance to play. At the end of the day, you boil all of the water out of it, I guess this is where I I lead to here. The kid is a special talent. I really think they haven't exactly said this to me, and I'm talking about the the Climans and the Kleins of the world, but I think this guy is currently the number two quarterback on this football team, and if something happens to Will Howard, he's going to play. You you okay with all of those answers? I I, (laughs) I think you're right on target. But there's a lot of upside to this kid. I think we'd all agree on that. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to – you know what? It's kind of like going and scouting LeBron James. Anybody <laughs> yeah. could go scout LeBron yeah. James you and think? come back and say, that dude's the ball. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, you when got I a point. saw Avery, and I, when, when he first got here in January, you know, I was so excited to have him come and, and be part of this. But it became a little different animal when I saw him, you know, in spring ball. Um it's different watching him on tape than it is watching him live. Just being honest about that. He, he's, um, he's, he's quite talented, but it's more than just the, the four-star talent or whatever you want to say. Everybody sees that he can spin it, that he can run, all of that. But what has put him in this position is his football acumen and how well he's been coached and how hard he's worked. I'm sure that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Makes total sense to me. You know, uh, before we got you on on the line with uh, with Tommy and myself, 
uh, Wyatt. We we had a quick conversation about Deion Sanders. I swear to gosh, I can't remember having thought so much about Colorado football or followed it as close as I have. I think since the days of Bill McCarthy, maybe. I mean, it's it's been a it's been sure. a while, been a while. But I I'm watching what's going on at Colorado. Is there is there is there something about Deion Sanders that that is really special? Because what he is doing to for for foot college football to me is amazing. Your thoughts, if you don't mind, I know it's not K State, but man, you've got such no. a great feel for college football. Give me your thoughts on Deion Sanders. We just got through talking about him. What do you think uh, uh, about the job he's doing and how he goes about doing his job? I love the subject, and I do a lot of interviews, and I get asked about it quite a bit. Oh, okay, honestly. good. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to try to tackle it here. Let's go back to what we said about the SEC marketing itself. Right. I don't think anybody needs to market Dion. He does it himself. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> That's a and good I point. And I think he, he is, he is – I'm not, I'm not sure how to say this, other than he is a very – charismatic personality and kids relate to him in a really big way. And you're seeing something here. I don't think I'm overstating this that has never really happened in major college athletics before. He has set the college football world on his ear. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong? No, you're right. No. Yeah. I mean, you look, Hey, this is a program guys that won one game last year and they've been awful for a long time. Right. Right? right, and all of a sudden, you you hire Dion, you get back into the Big Twelve. There aren't enough tickets printed for those folks out there, and I get it. <laughs> they're a good product. I think they're very, very, very good offensively. I think you can still analyze and say, are they good enough defensively? And they have, go look, they have a hard schedule. That uh, they have a hard schedule after this week. I think they play at Oregon and then USC yep. at home after that. Yeah. We're going to know here in mid-October if they're well. Even if they go seven and five, wouldn't you say that's a monumental success for for a guy who whose team won one game last year and he brought in eighty new guys or whatever it is? I don't it's know. Incredible, for sure. it's an amazing story. For sure, I don't yeah, know. That, without a doubt, I don't know. Seven and five is where I would think. I would think it's going to be more no, than no. that. I, but I mean, they'll be that. But that's because yeah. I'm buying into the into the into the uh, shtick. Quiet. <laughs> I'm buying into it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I th- I think Fox and ESPN is buying in with you, Paul. Yes, yeah. that is true. Well, they're following him around like uh, like he's Elvis. <laughs> Good gosh, Almighty, you're exactly correct. Dobby, go ahead. Uh, hey, you know, yeah, I I mean, I would follow him around too if I knew I was going to get incredible ratings to uh, yeah. you know, to, yeah. to have him on on no my networks for sure. Right. One more uh, one more K State question for you, Wyatt, uh, before we let you go here on the program. Uh, so. I know like for me, and I'm not sure where you landed on this before the season, but for me, I was really interested coming into this year on how the depth at the wide receiver position for the Wildcats would all play out. We knew that Phillip Brooks was going to be kind of the veteran and the one that was going to, you know, maybe be the number one or step up and maybe need to do more uh, catching the football for the Wildcats. But through two weeks in week number one, it was really RJ Garcia in the actually both weeks. Jaden Jackson has looked really good. Jackson had a touchdown last week against Troy. Keegan Johnson, I think has been kind of banged up right from, uh, from Iowa, the Iowa transfer. How have you mm-hmm. felt through two weeks on the depth of the wide receiver position? I love the question. And I think it's very pertinent when you're talking about K-State football offensively, 
it was the question mark because you have your starting quarterback back. You have your entire offensive line back. Now, we're minus Christian Duffy, which is an issue right now at right tackle. But it, when he gets back, you, you've got a pretty good group there. You've got Ben Sennett. You've got two quality running backs. They're not due spawn, but they're good. So there's the question. And I think you laid it out really pretty well, honestly, because RJ's been what we hoped he would be. We Philip Brooks has been what we knew he would be. Okay. Ben Sennett has been, for the most part, what we knew he would be. But when you get Keegan Johnson onto the field and healthy, he is a difference-making guy, and I'm excited. I can't tell you how excited I am about Jaden Jackson and a couple of those freshmen that I don't know how much they're going to contribute this year, but, but Jace Brown and Trey Spivey are going to be really good players. Um, Jaden helping right away really helps. He's athletic. He has experience. Not a ton, but enough. And I think with the confidence he got right out of the gate, you've seen, I don't know if explosion is the right word, but he, he thinks he can play, and that's half the battle, right? I think that's been a big factor. Same with RJ. So it's, it's been, it's, it may have been a question going in, but I think they feel pretty good about where they're at. But even more importantly, where they could be down the road, you know, a, a month or two. Yeah, it's been uh, you know pleasantly surprising, I think, through the first two weeks of the season uh, to see how the wide receiver room has uh, played out and, and the talent that is there um, on the field catching passes from Will Howard. Wyatt, we appreciate it. Of course, the, the broadcast tomorrow, it's an 11 a.m. kickoff in Columbia. Uh, so for our listeners here on KFH that are going to be tuning in, uh, anything special on the broadcast, anything, that, uh, anything you want to highlight going into the broadcast tomorrow? Well, I got a feeling that uh, Matt and Stan at the beginning of that broadcast will talk a little bit about what we've talked about with the hype about the game and, and kind of the, the talk back and forth. Um, we'll have some typical things too, you know, Coach Kleiman and the coordinators on. Uh, a couple of intriguing uh, player interviews. I won't say much more than that. I'll, I'll make people listen in, but um, I, I think you'll appreciate that. And uh, I can't wait for this game, guys. I, I, I think – it really is a big game for both, and, and I'm, I'm pumped up for this one. Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. 11 a.m. kickoff in Columbia. The Wildcats and the Tigers. Wyatt will be on the call along with Stan Weber uh, tomorrow in Columbia. Wyatt, we appreciate your time, and we'll see you again next week. Tommy, thanks. Good to talk to you guys. Thanks, Paul. You betcha, Wyatt. All right, there goes Wyatt Thompson, voice of the Wildcats here on K-State. Really appreciate uh, these weekly visits with him as we are headed, uh, headed through our very first season as the Wichita home for the Kansas State Wildcats. We're going to take a break. On the way out, Jad, let's do another giveaway. Uh, let's do tickets to Burt Kreischer, the comedian at Interest Bank Arena next Friday, the Tops Off World Tour. This guy is pretty funny. Uh, I, I enjoy watching his stuff and, and uh, hearing him. So we'll do a pair of tickets to that show next Friday at Interest Bank Arena. Let's take caller number three on the IHOP hotline, 869-1240. We'll get you a pair of tickets to Burt Kreischer at Interest Bank Arena next Friday. On the other side, we're going to give you a little bit of a recap on Thursday Night Football, the Eagles and the Vikings last night. That's on the other side here on KFH. and 1240 KFH. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 